you know, if there's a guy walking down the street and they say, hey, we have a really secure ledger for you, say no. Just just don't <laughs> don't accept it from the random guy on the corner trying to give you... It opens up uh, his trench coat. Re- yeah. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. It's Flagship Friday, and I'm here with my co-host, officially promoted some time ago, Adam Levy. Hello, hello. It's just uh, it's just me and you today. Yes, it is. Glad to be here. We don't have any Kareem, and we're going to talk about why we don't have any Kareem in a second. What is this? Today is Flagship Friday. Flagship episodes are where we discuss all the news, current events, goings on in the crypto community that happened in the previous week uh the crypto basic podcast was founded to give the crypto community a place to learn about their favorite projects from a perspective that doesn't require technical knowledge or any deep understanding of mathematics or really anything in life so we keep it basic and this is our 69th friday in a row without missing a single friday flagship 69 so i have a theory adam yeah kareem is always like trying to be proper and shit Sure. Yes, he's a proper man. He found out that this was episode 69, and he knew that I wouldn't be able to keep it together if I found out that it was episode 69, and I would have to be making jokes, and and he just didn't want anything to do with that. That's my theory, and, and he made up some stupid thing about going to Aruba, but I'm pretty sure he just didn't want any association with his name and the number 69. Had I known it was 69, I don't think I would have hopped on too. You, uh, you know, this is something that just came up. You didn't tell me at all. You kind of sandbagged me. Now I have to deal with all the jokes. Yep. You and I are going to do a 69 together. Just us without Kareem. I always thought my first 69 experience would involve him. All right. All right. (laughs) So before before we go on, we're going to change the format a little bit today. Not like forever, but we have a main story. We're going to talk about the Binance Dex today. Basically, I tried to start researching it a little bit and then did damn near an entire 101 on the episode, but not enough to actually do a full 101 on, on, I'm sorry, on Binance, but not enough to actually do a full 101. So we're going to, we're going to hit the stories of the week and then we'll finish up with Binance being our primary story. And if you want to know what else we've released, we talked to Anthony Lusardi earlier in the week. He is formerly with the Ethereum Classic Cooperative. Uh, Now he's just doing some freelancing and... We sparked a little bit of a discussion in the Discord based on some of his comments on Bitcoin Cash. So we'll see how that plays out with the back and forth. And uh, we are going to be covering Decred 101. I know we've been like promising that for three weeks, but we actually have that recording scheduled. We just did the thing with Anthony this week. So uh, that is that's what we've got coming up, coming and going left and right. And. I've got That's a it. pretty good idea for another uh, very a very basic, super basic 101 that Brent doesn't know about yet, but Uh-oh. we'll get that one. That I'm I'm taking the reins. We're going to get that one done after Decred. All right, so we're going to have the first Adam led super basic 101 coming coming up before that. Maybe it's just a 100. All right. <laughs> so uh, since Kareem's not here to tell me to do the rapid fire, why don't you? Tackle our rapid-fire section for the stories this week. All right, Brent. So the first rapid-fire piece is Yelp added a filter 
for whether a place accepts cryptocurrency or not. And I think it was a user on Reddit just posted, hey, look, there's a filter for this. And the picture, it's only a screenshot. It's not like an article or anything. The screenshot says it's in miles. And it also has an option for offers military discount. So this makes it seem like it's a, an American, uh, you know, this is Yelp in America. So that's a pretty good sign for us and for Yelp and for adoption. And the yep. mixed feelings, and, though, because I hate Yelp as a as a platform because they let people. Oh, pay Yelp is the wor- negative reviews. Yelp is is the only I don't know how they have been able to be as big as they are with how bad Yelp is. I, I constantly am on it and never get what I actually want from out of a search. It's usually just, and it, it's just the same restaurants over and over. And it's mm-hmm. just, it could be the users just are really bad at reviewing it. We need better reviewers. No. no, no, it used to be good. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. I mean, they, they were great. And then they're like, Hey, we've got this other revenue stream where we can just have people pay to get rid of negative reviews. So what happens is the restaurants with the most money who can pay to advertise with Yelp or whatever the hell they do, they get moved up in the rankings and Yelp's not good anymore. I pretty much exclusively use Google reviews now. And yeah, Eater's anyway, good too. So anyway, good. next one, Brent, you want to uh, chat a little bit about uh, Brave? Well, I don't want to talk a whole lot because I can't. Brave ads are live for some people, not for me though. I wanted to like look into them and see what you had to do for Brave Ads being live. Now, we said they were live earlier, but now they're live in the actual, factual Brave browser, not the Brave developer browser, but only in some regions, and my region isn't supported. I don't know what region I'm in. I don't know if I'm in, if it's the Texas region or if it's the U.S. region or what, but Brave Ads are kind of live. All right. And I'll, t- I'll tackle this next one. It's uh, for Nike, and they're releasing a. They actually they applied for a patent for crypto kicks. Uh, it's a currency, a cryptocurrency that uh, Nike's going to be building upon or building, tr- be hopefully using at some point. And now this is this is just pure speculation because it's only a patent that that's being made, so you you can only know so much. But I would assume that this is a good way for. Shoe change changes to, you know, if someone decides the, the secondary market's pretty big with shoes and kicks and there are certain air, certain shoes. I don't know if you know, Brent, that will go for five figures, heaps of money. Jesus. Yeah. So let's say you have a uh, you buy this sick Air Jordan like kicks from like 1988 or something ridiculous. One of the old school ones worth 15 grand. You can sell that, and now I guess you can transfer the ownership on the blockchain, I would hope so, or using the currency or something. Uh, that's one way I think about it. Also, just having incentive programs and you know a little reward for just buying, a, buying Nike shoes. And I, every time I say kicks, it feels so kind of awkward but like your 10 they're good yeah yeah like yeah man i really like your kicks uh so originally i I read that i thought that story was the stupidest thing i'd ever read i'm not gonna lie i read that and i was like are you kidding me they're shoes but on blockchain but now that you say that there's a massive secondary market for like specific kinds of these shoes it makes sense because we've always said one of the greatest yeah one of the greatest uses for blockchain is being able to verify authenticity 
of things like art or things like shoes that have been worn by like these shoes have been worn by LeBron James before. How do you know? Cause it's literally on the blockchain. So, you know, that's a, uh, it's It's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. And but I don't want can, them to release uh, their own coin. You don't want them to release their own coin. No, just fucking use Ethereum or something <laughs> or any other existing blockchain. I don't know. We don't need another blockchain. Well, this is what's going to be happening with a lot of these companies is that they're going to make their own blockchain and their own currency, not have an ICO, not have anything that's really, you know, there's no reason that they can't just do it themselves. Or like, remember last week we were talking about how all these companies have blockchain, you know, they're, they're thinking of using it at some point, like Amazon, Facebook. But they're they're not going to necessarily use Ethereum either. They might not have to. They might just do something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm conflating decentralized blockchains with with blockchains again. Silly me. But anyway, we're still in the rapid fire section somehow because we're the worst. I don't. Kareem's not here to be like, what are you guys doing? Rapid we're fire. not rapid fire we're, guys. Yeah, we're really spending a lot of time on this. Really getting intimate with it. Okay, next one. On our episode so, 69. TD Ameritrade is reportedly going to be uh, they've been they've been looking at trading with Bitcoin and Litecoin. And it's funny because uh I forget who the user was. I want to I want to find it real quick, but I, I think it was uh he called me out for not for in the Discord for not uh talking enough. And then he asked me about Litecoin and what do you think of it? And I was, I, I don't know. It, it's fine. You know, it's been, it's been around for so long. It's just kind of like right place, right time. And then literally maybe a few hours later, this gets announced. And like, there you go. This is a pretty good use case for Litecoin if TD Ameritrade is going to be using it. Yeah. And they, they chose Bitcoin and Litecoin versus Bitcoin and Ethereum or Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash or something like that. So, there, it's just testing. We'll see. We'll see what happens with it. Uh, I can't remember who called you out either, but it was fun. There's, there's, there's also now a running joke. Big Kahuna. <laughs> there's now a running joke that you are the you're the Tron supporter in the Discord because of your because of your casting couch because you said you like Tron question over Verge. Love it. Yep. Thanks, Brent. So now everybody is like, yeah, Tron supporter Adam is uh is hanging out in the Discord. So yeah, you're. You're pretty much just the Tron guy now. There's nothing really you can do about it. I'm the Bitcoin private guy. It's not my fault. I didn't want to be the Bitcoin private guy. We just got to wear, wear our digs proudly. Wear our bat. You know. Yeah. All right. So now we're on to the, the meat of the show. The main stories. The and Brent, you and got veggies. one that you would uh, like to talk about. Well, it's actually yes. kind of unnerving to talk about. But go so ahead. Th- this is an interesting story that we you caught right before we got on the show so we actually did a little extra research on this but uh bandit has made off with millions of dollars worth of ethereum from brute force which is not supposed to be possible the the whole point of sha 256 is like this is impossible to guess no matter how many years you had but what happened is there was this firm that was trying to find a way to guess wallets and they were trying to test a few different hypotheses and they began guessing wallets that started with the number one and they even tried number two, number three, number four, and so on. And they actually managed to guess some and they were shocked to realize that those wallets had already been emptied. 
Um, and when I say emptied, I mean the money was taken out of them. They had money in them. It's not like they were just sitting there empty. They're, they had money in them, and the money was gone. They found 732 separate private keys using this method, and every single one of them had been emptied by the hacker. So the hacker got away with approximately 45,000 Ethereums. So depending on what time he did that hacking, that could have been worth a lot of money. And he did so and apparently was continuing to do so with the exact same method that they came up with. And I'm and they were trying to figure out how this could even be possible. And they came up with a couple of different solutions. Uh, one was that there is a wallet maker out there that was either they, they were a bad actor and they were creating shitty private keys on purpose or that there was a wallet system that was making easy to guess private keys on accident by taking shortcuts in the code. So they were saying like, you know, they were skipping over a bunch of zeros together or something like that or putting them at the front or whatever the case. So, well, uh, uh, man, sorry. Just this, this makes me feel a little better, you know, that it's a bad actor or someone being lazy, taking shortcuts with with making wallets and not necessarily, Hey, here's a, you know, a really, you know, secure hard wallet or, and we're just going to, we're just going to hack that. We're just by dumb luck. So I don't know enough about how wallets are generated. In theory, I guess I should know more. But I think that you could, in theory, just pick your own wallet address or something like that. I don't really know. Or pick the way you're generating it, right? Like you can say, I'm going to generate it by using this random number or this random thing. And that most wallets do a very good job of creating a good random randomization but these were not they said very clearly in the article that this does not apply to 99.99 percent of wallet addresses but there are some that were just easy to guess so they ran the experiment on ethereum and there's a good chance that you're not at risk or anything like that here but this is supposed to not be able to happen so what did they do they decided we're going to do the exact same thing on bitcoin and see if we can replicate it and guess wallets the same way on Bitcoin because they're using the same uh, the same hashing algorithm I, I think or they're using the same cryptography I think they're both shot to 256 I actually might be wrong about that because I'm not that I'm not a coder well Bitcoin has less numbers though in it right in the in the in the keys from what I remember yeah, Bitcoin I'll- so I'm not really yeah I don't know as much about that but I don't know. Unfortunately, we this is where our, our knowledge breaks down and these articles didn't exactly, you know, lay it out. But they went to Bitcoin to see if they could do the exact same thing. They ran the exact same experiment. They tried guessing with ones, then twos, then threes, then fours, and they were able to replicate it on Bitcoin as well. So it wasn't just Ethereum that was uh, susceptible to this, but they were only able to find 100 wallets. So they found one seventh the wallets on a network with significantly more action on it. So it's a less exploitable piece of the Bitcoin blockchain than it is the Ethereum one. But all 100 of those wallets that they found had also been emptied. So in theory, that same hacker did the exact same thing and got all those. So uh, there, and you know, there's no real easy way to track this person down. They just know a lot of these went to the same addresses and uh, there's an interesting, interesting story. So make sure your private key is, doesn't look easy. Like if you look at it and it's like zero 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 a one 
A, then don't use that one. Yeah, just <laughs> stick to the main wallets, the cold storage wallets or whatever wallet you want. You know, if there's a guy walking down the street and they say, hey, we have a really secure ledger for you, say no. Just just don't <laughs> don't accept it from the random guy on the corner trying to give you... Opens up his uh, trench coat. Yeah. Uh, we got all kinds of wallets. Ledger. We got treasure. I got the yeah, ledger, just- the trezor. We got the cool wallet. The cool wallet is right here. Used to be called a coin, but now it's not. Check this out. I got yeah, you there you need. go. Just say bucks. no. And uh, I guess we can move on to the next story now. <laughs> yes, that's it. I'm done. I'm done talking about people being able to guess our addresses by brute force. Why don't you tell us about... Beamer and VeChain. So BMW announced last week at the VeChain Summit. Uh, who knew that they had a summit? It was actually held in San Francisco last week, April eighteenth. And bro, what? How did you not go to that? I didn't get a, uh, what we we didn't get tickets to the VeChain Summit. We're so uh, stupid. No, no, man. We could have seen this announcement live, but instead we can watch it on YouTube, or you can watch it in the show notes. Uh, so. Basically, <laughs> I, I guess VeChain has actually been in an incubator called, uh, it's actually, I, I like the name, it's BMW Startup Garage, which is a four-month uh, incubator program, and they they test it out in there, and then once it gets past that, they kind of are like, okay, well, this you know has a use case that this seems to work. So we're we're going to move forward with it. So they're past that now and they announced that they're using this thing called Verify Car and it's going to be powered by VeChain on the VeChain Thor blockchain. And so I just want to say that while the startup garage sounds cool, Verify Car sounds dumb. Continue. Yeah, I mean it's I mean whatever, you know, it sounds simple. Startup garage is trying to entice, you know, Young generation Z and millennials in ooh that sounds cool. Verify cars like hey, guy with you know a really nice Beamer who's sixty here. You can have a you know whatever. Anyways, so I'm I'm cutting my own <laughs> thought off. So Verify Car is a vehicle digital passport essentially. So I didn't know this, but this is this is a. I guess I didn't really check the exact stat, but it was in the art in the article. Apparently, in Germany, a third of all vehicles sold have manipulated odometers, which amounts to thirty four hundred dollars in fraud per car. So Jesus, yeah, that's a lot of money. When the let's say I don't know how many vehicles are sold, it's probably somewhere in the in the hundred thousands per year, right? I don't know if it's a million, but if it's three hundred thousand. Times 3,400, or sorry, if it's like 300,000 vehicles, then it's 100,000 because that's a third times 3,400. That's a lot of money that is now being manipulated. <laughs> well, we've a live look at the math of the best poker player I know, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it, it's 34 times one, it, it, it's a lot. That, <laughs> that is the uh, the math that goes on. <laughs> Well, I was just trying to break it down, you know, like I didn't, I mean, I think we all get that that is, it's, what is that, 34, it's $34 million, right? It's a lot, Adam. That's it. It's a lot. I don't know how much it is, but it's a lot. Now let's keep going. No more oh, math. No, it's a lot. No, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> you got me sidetracked. It's $340 million. See, I'm bad with the zeros. Anyways, so Verify Car is, I mean, I think it's a good idea. 
I think it's definitely going to help with odometers and maintenance history, you know, kind of like Carfax, except you won't actually need Carfax. You'll just be maybe Carfax is screwed. All those companies where you get to check some dude just has information you call and they're like, hey, we have information on the computer. Now, BMW is just doing that themselves. And maybe all car companies will start doing it themselves. I think it'll be interesting down the road to see what kind of... I don't even know what Carfax... What you It's kind of like a secondary service. Maybe even... you know, It's just something that is only needed because people suck. But if people can't suck because they can't do this on the blockchain, then Carfax is kind of car fucked. <laughs> yes. Yes. Got Carfax. So... Carfax does suck. You have to pay for this report on your car, but you have to pay because they're the ones that have the database. They're the ones that get the things reported to them completely centralized, and they don't really have a competitor as far as I know. So if you could just have all your maintenance records on a blockchain instead of having to keep the fucking receipts, I don't know why we're dropping so many F-bombs. Thanks, Carfax. You no longer have to worry about whether the person selling you the car is lying to you or not. If there's, if you can literally just walk up with your smartphone and boop, and look, um, yeah. oh, look, here it is on the blockchain. So that's pretty cool. I um, I, I do like a lot of what VeChain seems to be doing. I know they got like a lot of hate recently for some partnership announcement. I actually didn't look into it, but... They partnered with Helmuth. Or, uh, yes, Helmuth that is a- true. They did partner with your best friend, Phil Helmuth. <laughs> and he walked up and he didn't even know what he was talking about. He just had a Thor hammer and was dressed like Thor and then said VE Chain. And it wasn't VE Chain. I, he like yeah. got the name wrong, so on, he didn't Phil. get. He couldn't at least, do that at, least, right. at least get the name right. Yeah, good job, Phil. Anyway, so, and just to wrap up this story, I guess there are some other use cases why BMW really could uh, use blockchain, and they have something called DriveNow and ParkNow. I guess DriveNow you can rent uh, BMWs, and ParkNow I'm not really sure about that one, but there's kind of like you know, if you can have these services on the blockchain once again very helpful uh they have a huge supply chain and it also just helps with customers with loyalty programs i feel like loyalty programs are just becoming a theme with blockchain and a lot of these big companies already it just seems like a very simple use and then financial services just to help with all of all of that so yeah i I think bmw and blockchain makes a lot of sense i mean every you know most companies every car makes sense yeah, every car actually yeah. makes a lot of sense. And VeChain seems like, at least in my eyes, has been maybe the best, maybe the second best in the supply chain space thus far. There are, there are some others out there. I think it was like Wabi is uh, the wall, um, the Walmart coin, or what is it, Walton? And there's Modus, uh, yeah, I Yeah, I don't know. A, yeah. Wabi is one of them for sure. There was other, chain the ones also. that were scammers. What was that one where they uh, Walton Walton chain is the one that was uh, right. They're the ones that well, I don't gave think away s- the prize. Yeah. I mean, that's like see, saying the word scam, I think is kind of a, it's unfair sometimes because it, you hear the word scam. You're like, oh, the, what does scam mean exactly? You know, when you say, cause well, I'm pretty sure it means giving away a prize to your own employee. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. When you break it down, uh, you could also say, hey, Walton Chain hired a really bad marketing team who blew it, a social media marketing team. Yes. And they absolutely completely blew you it. You can there. say that their social media marketing team is the ones who decided to scam 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, in the past, people, I, I hear the word scam a lot and it, it's just a very broad term. So yes. as far as we know, that is what Walton Chain did, it seems. And maybe there's other things that have happened. But uh, I'm, this isn't necessarily me defending or against them. I'm just saying that, you know, it's like, it seems like they're still in the space. So that, there's about, four, I think there are about five that I know of that are supply chain coins. And it seems like a very, very big, good use case for blockchain. One of the best ones, I think. Yeah, honestly, I've been looking for a blockchain coffee for some time to basically sell you know because I, I work with a company called wild foods and we have a few different coffee chains and we're always really worried about our suppliers and making sure the suppliers are like high quality and all that stuff so if there was a a coffee bean that farm to table was tracked by blockchain i think it would be really cool and it would be a, a good example of a product that we could that we could sell we could call it a basic bitch coffee or or just basic coffee or basic beans basic beans there we go basic beans that's pretty good and we'll replace like the little bitcoin logo in our uh logo with like a coffee bean there's actually uh i just googled it there is ibm apparently made a partnership with a company called it's actually the blockchain bean and it's called the brooklyn roasting company so they're trying to make bring transparency from farm to cup so maybe we should uh you should look into that yeah, maybe we'll reach out to their suppliers and look for the basic brew or whatever we decided coming soon. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so moving on to the next story. Brent, you have something to talk. I mean, you you love talking about Samsung. So let's let you uh, do that. Samsung. Yes. So Samsung has been doing a lot of blockchain signaling lately. In addition to what they put in their phone, where they put that key store in there and Originally, I couldn't figure out how to get it to work. And I like to think of myself as reasonably tech savvy. So not figuring out how to get it to work was kind of a punt on their end. Now, I did figure it out eventually and it's fine. I mean, it's not anything special. I would prefer to use like the engine wallet or something like that. But Samsung is also making a few other moves to try and improve this. So number one, they are developing an Ethereum based blockchain on their own end. They have an entire blockchain research firm. They started about a year ago. They are basically either creating a private chain based around Ethereum or they're creating a side chain that's linked to Ethereum. They aren't necessarily making Samsung coin, but they do want to have some sort of a private blockchain. We don't know any rumor or any news other than that. Everything else is pure speculation, but they have said they're interested in having a private blockchain related to Ethereum. Also, they just invested $2.9 million into Ledger. Like the actual Ledger company that Adam, the Ledger company that releases the Ledger Nano S. And of course, if you're interested in grabbing your own copy of a Ledger Nano S, please check the show notes. We have a referral link that you can click on and go ahead and we get like $12 or something like that when you do it. It has been basically our number one moneymaker on the show. So please, uh, other than our Patreon, which is great. Uh, so please check that out. And yes, yet, yet another reason Nano. to grab a ledger and not from the guy on the street selling hard wallets. Yeah, that guy on the street is selling shitty ledgers that he didn't even get a referral for. They're, they're fake. They're going to steal your money. Ours are coming directly from the factory ledger to table for you. Okay. So anyway, they've clearly heard the rumor that their wallet sucks. And 
I'd like to think that they heard it from me. So they listened to our flagship where we talked about them and they're like, oh my God, Brent Philbin from the Crypto Basic podcast thought our wallet was terrible. Let's invest in Ledger. So that gave this gives Ledger a 290, I think a $290 million valuation. So it sounds like they got around 10%. I don't really know. But it is a it is cool nonetheless. So Samsung is continuing their foray into blockchain. If I was a betting man, I feel like they would probably end up working with Icon if they were going to end up doing one of these Ethereum-based blockchains because Icon is still on the Ethereum net. Or no, they might be on mainnet. I don't know. But Icon is like kind of synonymous with Korea and I haven't really been up on my icon news but brian lee did suggest that we should become p nodes for icon which i think means that we're community members that talk well about it and also we can stake or something like that i don't know but i'll look into it maybe we'll uh run for p node rep or something like that so yeah that's it for that's it for samsung in korea and uh and our surprise ledger ad it's just thinking about ledger how they were backordered so much we'll say two years yeah. ago a year and a half to two years ago my first one took two months to get to me yeah and and they are now a 200 and almost a 300 million dollar company just just after in a few years you know i mean that's kind of also binance how quickly they rose and how quickly you know just it's all it's just it's kind of just right place right time and the good tech right place right time that that Binance suggestion or that Binance toss in right there was a very good transition. There we go. What would you, uh, if like you keep to talk rolling about with it? Binance. <laughs> All right. That's it. It's it's time. It's here. It's our top story for this evening. Like I said, basically, I started looking into some things I wanted to say about the Binance decks. Ended up doing damn near as much research as I would do for a 101. And we were deciding whether we were going to make it a one-on-one episode or what, or just talk about it on the show, but we're only 30 minutes into this one. So whatever, we'll, we'll spend this. I'll try to go through it reasonably quickly, but Binance's decentralized exchange is the forefront of everybody's mind right now. And they're uh, they've migrated off of BNB's Ethereum token and onto the mainnet. And, called dex i'm pretty sure i mean they've been calling it dex from the beginning but it really is not a decentralized exchange at all based on what i've been looking at i don't like the moniker decentralized exchange for this at all and i would call it more of a custody free exchange maybe or non-custodial exchange custody free sounds cool it sounds more like like diet exchange or something but a couple things have happened while this is while this has been happening and their and their decks has come out first cz has been very vocal about the fact that they are not replacing ethereum because people are like oh binance is gonna take over ethereum he's like what are you talking about ethereum is a much better coin than ours he's literally said that he's like no we are we can't run smart contracts or any of this stuff like ethereum is better they have created a delegated proof of stake coin that is how they're going to run their decks. Now, delegated proof of stake means they get to pick the people who are the validator nodes. And right now it appears like all the people who validate are from Binance. So it's not like that's decentralized at all. It's just transparent. So they're they're not holding your crypto in this decentralized exchange. You are holding your own private keys to your crypto. But 
you're holding your own private keys to a crypto that is on a blockchain that is controlled by Binance. So it's interesting how that DEX definition works for some people. Could you just do me a favor? And maybe this is uh, the basic, uh, basic bitch in me. I don't really understand the difference between a decentralized. So decentralized exchanges are not holding. They're not in. They don't have full control of the trading systems is what you're saying. They control the, the they build the software behind the trading systems and then they let the, they let it go. So something like Stellar's decentralized exchange or something like Ether Delta used to be or something like a radar relay now they create the user experience but it's all handled through the blockchain so they're just giving you a graphical representation of what's happening on chain with binance they are completely controlling all of the trades because they are doing all of the nodes Got so that and they have to do delegated proof of state because it has to be a fast moving system so while you do have your own private keys in both scenarios, if you were on Radar Relay, for instance, you could not have your assets frozen because it's really just taking place in the Ethereum blockchain. But on Binance, you can. So if they have decided you are doing something against their terms and conditions, they can freeze your assets. They can't take them, but they can freeze them. And in theory, I don't know really how their coin works, but maybe they would they could do a fork where they do something to your coins. So if they say, hey, we're going to we're going to fork and get these coins back from this hacker or whatever, I think they have the ability to do that, which kind of pulls back the immutability. I'm not sure on that. I'm not sure that they could. But if there are 100 validator nodes and 100 are controlled by Binance, I don't know how many there are. I'm just making up a number. Then they can kind of do whatever they want. Uh, where where they do have an interesting piece of governance is how a coin gets listed. <laughs> so again, coins are going to have to pay listing fees. And I think it gets burned, but I'm not actually sure. Like I looked and it said that they had to pay a fee, but it didn't really, it said to the network. So I guess the network is the network and it it just goes away. But in order to be listed as a coin on Binance, if you're not one of the coins that's already listed, you have to go to the community. You have to apply to be one of the assets. And when you apply, the community has a discussion and they vote and they try to say, yes, you should or no, you shouldn't. Once the community has had the discussion and talked about it and had their internal votes, the validator nodes from Binance now have their internal governance situation where they vote on whether this coin is allowed to be listed on their decentralized exchange. They can say yes. They can say no. They can say no with a veto, or they can say abstain. So if it's a majority, yes. This is cool. It's kind of cool. I know. I'm just reading the show notes, and I'm perplexed because it says they have four vote options. Yes, no, no veto, and abstain. And I was like, what the hell is no veto? <laughs> what is no and veto? It's a, well, you gotta, it's you, a coffee you, vote. <laughs> it sounds very fancy. I was like, CZ, you're getting a little... <laughs> Listen, spaces are very important when you're typing in English. So, so yes, yes, no, no veto and, abst- and abstain. So if the majority says yes, the coin gets to be listed on Binance. And here's the process that a coin goes through. 
They have to fill out this entire application and they have to put a 1000 Binance coin deposit down to, to, to apply. Now that, that is right around $20,000 right now. And if they get voted, yes, they get that deposit returned to them. And then they have to pay a 2000 Binance coin listing fee. Wow. And then they get listed. So that if they get no, then I believe it's returned to them. But if it's a no veto, I think it gets burned or something. So there's some uh, difference in what happens when the no vote goes through for the actual deposit. I'd hope that they don't just lose it all. It seems like a very large. uh... Well, the whole point of this is to deter the scam coins, according to CZ. He doesn't want just everybody just trying this and bogging down the community and everything. He's like, no, there is a negative repercussion for not succeeding. And I'm pretty sure it's, it might be losing the uh, the 1000 or something. I'll have to check and confirm on that again. Some of this is up in the air, too, because they're they're still kind of finishing things up. But anyway, the, the yes vote. So if 51 percent say yes, then, OK, the coin gets listed as soon as they pay their 2000 Binance listing fee. They are on. They have trading pairs. They're good to go. Um, if it's a no, if 51% get no, then the coin does not get listed. But if it's no veto, only one third of the votes have to come through as a no veto in order to stop the coin from getting listed. So 33% of the blockchain or of the validator nodes. So if they think, no, this is a scam, like not, I, not, I just don't like this coin. Like this thing is bad. For the ecosystem, they can actually throw in a veto, and if the veto goes through, the coin does not does not get out there, even if they got sixty seven percent or six six point six percent of the Sick. votes. Well, how, can and then, of course, be, there's abstain. Can you be a validator? Can you apply to be a validator? Or is that just something that? <laughs> no. So the, there is no transparency on who becomes validators. Binance's code is not open source, so they are very very centralized here this so it's is not a decentralized exchange at all it is not a decentralized really exchange at all it's touted it's a, as that not that i mean i think so, this has been great but it's, it seems not truthful i don't know if they originally put it out as that but cz has been kind of going around on twitter and being very clear on this he's like this is not a decentralized exchange guys i i, I don't like that term i don't know why we're using that term to describe this binance.org is not that and he's he's gone through and he's not trying to carry on that narrative. But at the same time, like if you Google Binance decentralized exchange, uh, you're going to see that the SEO with it is too deep now that it's it's going to be hard to unwrap, you know, to kind of push that back, reverse it for now. But I don't yeah. understand why. So Binance has an exchange. Why are they making a not decentralized like why are they going why are they moving to or doing this one as well so it's there, it's interesting because i think this I like is a reasonable and stuff yeah i think this is a reasonable uh solution actually so it's non-custodial which is the biggest problem when these exchanges fuck up they end up taking your money because they because it's completely custodial Like, that's why Mt. Gox got away with your money. That's why uh, all these exchanges are scary to think about. Because at any given time, 
at any given time, they could take your money. But if Binance doesn't control the funds, then it gives you another layer of security. And at the same so time, Binance I trust Binance. doesn't control so. the funds right now. Or sorry, Binance doesn't control the funds with this new exchange, but they can't. They just have they still somehow have access to freezing the assets in the the decks. Just the thing. It's like, what do you call it if it's not a, you know, if it's right. different than the Binance exchange? It's hard to have. It's another the Binance non custodial exchange, is what I would call it. Now they they have an entire Twitter account that says that is Binance underscore Dex. So they are very much saying like guys don't call this decentralized now, but also they used to be Binance Dex. So it's kind of a uh, it's kind of interesting to think about. It seems like an interesting half measure. I do like the idea of a non custodial exchange. I do like the half measure. Um, oh, okay. I'm sorry. So I, I do like the half measure, but I, I, the, the 1000 deposit is only refunded if the majority vote for abstain. So that makes sense. If you put your $1,000 deposit up and you get no, or you get vetoed, they are going to be declined and the money is being taken. So that's basically uh, and not going to happen idea- very often. Right. So it's like a fantasy football trade, basically. Right. Basically, 99 percent of fantasy football trades should go through. But the ones that are scams, the ones that are collusion should be vetoed. And I think that's what they're trying to say. They're like, look, these coins should go through. But in the event that enough people believe that they're scams, then they should not be allowed to go through. And they're putting up a thousand dollars, a thousand Binance coin twenty thousand dollars to basically say they're not a scam so cool all all interesting things and it'll be fun to watch it play out and uh i i still would really like to see a real decentralized exchange that is fast that can handle this kind of stuff but at the same time a lot of these decentralized exchanges like we had ether delta for a long time and ether delta got completely fucked so the idea of a decentralized exchange is great in theory, but not necessarily the best in practice because we need centralized help sometimes. Binance catches the people that try to hack Binance, which is why I trust them. I, I trust Binance. I trust like Kraken. Really, I should probably trust Coinbase if I didn't hate them. So um, just to clarify, if we if Quadriga was like this at least and the CEO dies, he, we would actually be fine. Dies. It dies. We would actually be in the clear because it, he didn't, they didn't have full control of the coins. Also, we would have been able to see this coming before because this is all going to be public. At least it's going to be transparent. What happened with Quadriga happened because we didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. The CEO was handling everything. He was commingling funds. And he also even at one point said, yeah, you know, a lot of this, I just kind of do it in my head. And it's like, wait, what? You, what do you mean you do it in your head? Like, you don't use like QuickBooks or anything? <laughs> like, it's fine to commingle funds, I guess. I mean, you shouldn't. But if you do, at least it should be tracked on some accounting software, right? Yeah. And he didn't even have that. So, so there was no transparency. There was no clear way to see where the funds were. If the Binance CEO here decided he was going to be the Quadriga CEO, he would have had to do a lot of planning that would have signaled to the community what was going on a long time before he faked his death. And as actual Binance, they could do that right now, depending on what their internal controls are. 
but as Binance Dex, they could not without it being very clear that they were fucking with the code. So the the validators would all have to be on board with it. The the person would have to be hiding the funds and doing so in such a way that the community didn't notice. So in theory, this is a step against that. There still could be a point in the future where somebody gets their funds frozen and it is contentious where they get them frozen because they stole, but they didn't really steal. They were getting scammed in the other direction, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll have some back and forth in the community and that'll happen eventually. But for now, I think this is just an an interesting half measure that's uh, net positive. I would prefer it. Yeah. Yeah. So they're getting a lot of hate because they screwed up in calling this a DEX and it's deserved. They should get hate for calling this a DEX. It should not be called the DEX. It should be called something else. Their Twitter handle should be changed. And I, I really think that they need to do more to get the message out that this is not decentralized. I agree. And oh, wow. Oh, no, sorry. I just was about to go on to the next shots fired. And then I saw I thought Rami Malek was the next James Bond, which I feel like is a big deal. But it was actually just kind of funny wording. It was he will be in the next James Bond film. He's not the next James Bond. Who will be the next James Bond? What? You don't know who Rami Malek is? is? He's the guy from Mr. Robot and Freddie Mercury film. You haven't seen that either? Either of those? Oh, no, I haven't. I, I haven't seen either. You haven't I know seen I'm supposed Mr. to watch Robot, Mr. Robot. Everybody tells me. You're yeah, I know. a cryptocurrency host, uh, a podcast I'm a, I'm host. A jerk. You haven't seen Mr. Robot. I mean, I think that. I apologize to the community yes, for being a fraud. Yes, I definitely screwed up with the math earlier, but I think this deserves a lot more. Uh, <laughs> fl- he deserves a lot more flack for this. So then, so let's move on to shots fired. And I found this one. Uh, I saw it yesterday, but then it got even better today because Justin's son, apparently he talks about having a partnership with the Liverpool football club. And to you Americans, Liverpool is, uh, you know, it's a premier, premier league, uh, soccer, soccer team have been around forever. Obviously, very prestigious if this is actually true. Of course, it's Justin's son, so it's not. And LFC immediately denies the <laughs> partnership today. Hold on, it gets better. So apparently, Justin's son misconstrued a boilerplate email that is normally sent to hundreds of prospective companies as to as a partnership with Liverpool. And what's even better about this is Jesse Powell, the CEO of Kraken even added in on this and he says i think we all got spammed with the same sales pitch i get a hundred of these a day and he just screenshots the exact same email that justin's son (laughs) also got with his name changed to jesse so yeah i mean this is this is pretty amazing this is exactly what i expect from justin's son this is you know we we're we're wondering if they're pulling themselves out and maybe being less scummy and scammy, but then this happens. Then they get an email <laughs> pitching them on an idea, and suddenly, <laughs> what goes on in Justin Sun's head is he like oh, he sees the email and he's like, oh, oh, I have a partnership with them. I must have forgotten to tell my followers. 
let me tell them before I investigate this. And then he just like goes out and he's like, hey, remember that partnership that I had with Liverpool Liverpool Football Club? And then everybody's like, wait, we have that partnership? Yay, we have a partnership. But then everybody goes on it and nobody tells them that there's no partnership. And then and then there's no partnership. So, yes, this is great. This is amazing. And thank you for thank you to Kraken and all others that called out Justin. And thank you, Justin, for continuing to be the shining example for everything wrong with the crypto space at all times. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a character, that's for sure. Apparently, the Chon spokesman said uh, that he insisted that the letter carried more weight than the club had let on, and there was no ask to better understand the business. The ask was to connect and explore partnership. But, I mean, this is just... This is gold. <laughs> Wait, so they doubled down like they got called out and they're like, no, yeah. no, 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 like our email was different. Yeah, he 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 doubled down. <laughs> then then there they also had a uh, I mean this is all in the the decrypt media article and then apparently there was a sp- a lady who works at Liverpool who then was asked about Tron and she was like, what like Tron? What's that? Like basically <laughs> almost almost <laughs> like huh? So yeah, I don't. Maybe that's just like that. That part's probably a little bit of a patrol to end. But yeah, um, overall hilarious, good stuff. Can't wait to see the next time that Justin Sun does something that is ridiculous. All right, so I will throw a caveat out there that this was Decrypt Media that we're getting the source from, which is the one that like that I, I don't remember the story that we had a couple weeks ago, but it was just like blatantly wrong. So, you know, just always know your sources. Take you take that with a grain Actually, of salt. I mean, the you know, last thing about the, the, the female spokesperson seemed a little wonky. But uh, when you see Jesse Powell tweeting, the, yeah, exact the tweets same are there, or, you know, the tweets are there that is, you can't. That's that's there. Like you can't get that wrong. <laughs> yep. So that's uh, that. That is a great shots fired section. I am so happy anytime we get to talk about our boy, your boy, not our boy, your boy, Justin. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> uh, but you still don't watch Mr. Robot. No, no, I have not watched Mr. Robot. Tell us what you think about me not watching Mr. Robot in the in the uh, Discord and, and make sure you're using all caps because so yeah then that people all caps basically means you're really yelling on the internet <laughs> and uh, I think that's it for shots fired yeah yeah I have one little rant slash cool thing that I that I found out about I Tesla is leasing their Teslas now and I just wanted to like mention this it's not really a rant it's just I thought it was cool they're they're doing a lease program with them where normal leases you're allowed to buy the car at the end of the lease in the Tesla lease program. You cannot buy the car at the end of the lease. They're leasing them to you and you can only give it back at the end. And the reason for that is they want to use the cars as money generators for three years while they get their self-driving taxi program ready. And at the end, they want to recall the cars, basically get them back and use them as a fleet of driverless taxis for like uber or whatever the case whatever they end up partnering with they think the three years is about the time frame so yeah they're literally like yep we'll lease these to you but you have to give them back to us and that starts next year too right it's soon i may mean now i saw 2020 i think 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't like get an article or anything. I just remember talking about it and I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I don't have enough money to lease a Tesla. It's like a thousand dollars a month or something. But <laughs> I just thought, I was like, ah, you know what? Just another thought that no other co- car company would ever come up with, which is let's change the way leases work. Let's go down to a lease base and be like, well, do we have to let them buy it at the end? No, we can change that contract so that they can't do that. And let's leverage that for us. Give somebody the ability to have one of our amazing cars, make them a customer for life. They'll buy one of our amazing cars when they're done with their lease. And also, we get our car back. Like, how great is that? All right. Anyway, uh, finally, I want to talk about Patreon because it is the last flagship Friday of the month. And that means it's time to give credit where credit is due to our Patreon subscribers, the ones who are keeping us afloat. Please help us out with Patreon if you hadn't considered. It's great. Our minimum pledge is $1 an episode. And if you go on there uh, and the first time you are actually charged for your $1 per episode or more Patreon subscription, then you get a crypto basic engine token that is specific to crypto basic Patreon members. There were only 100 made. There will never be any more. A decent amount of those have been given out. And if you become a one of our first 100 Patreon members, you will get that. If we end up making more of them, we're not going to be able to make that same token. We'll have to make a different one. So right now, round one has 100 of those tokens. Each one includes five engine. So if that moons, then it's just pretty much a free roll for you anyway. And the last flagship of every month, we talk about the master node and secure node members of the Patreon. Those are the people who donate either $5 or $2 per episode, respectively. So let's give recognition to them one more time. Simon Gordon, The Bigger Boat, Rob Laverty, Andrew Giles, and Marcel Bozio are all of our masternode contributors and then we also have steven francis stapleton jeff the z-man amaya vidya god damn it i keep remembering that's degenerate brahman i need to remember to ask him how to pronounce his name properly and of course finally this dangus in your anus so he changes that name every now and then to make sure we we do that. It's it's Dingus69 from the Discord if you're interested in trying to figure out who that is. Quality. So troll, that's it. Thank you guys again. Yeah, no, definitely a quality troll. I agree with you 100%. Continue to put your name in there as a troll name. We will read it out uh, at the end of every month on the last Flagship Friday. And uh, all right, that's it. I, we have completed the episode that when we got on, we swore we were going to keep under 45 minutes. We are now coming in at an hour and we would like you to join the conversation in the discord. Uh, the, the link to that is in all of our show notes or on our website. Just pop in there. We there's hundreds and hundreds of members in that discord that are all chatting it up. It's not it's not scammy. It's not scummy. I We have a really, really good community. They talk to each other about different processes. They even have arguments, but the arguments always end up civilly and everybody really appreciates everybody else. So it's a great community. Rate us on iTunes and then uh, follow follow us on Reddit. Crypto Basic Brent's my account on Reddit. And uh, of course, Adam, what are we not? Uh, we are not financial advisors and I don't know, or we are idiots. I think that's what Brent always says. I'm not sure the rest of it. I think Brent should say the rest before we... Uh Head on out. Yeah. Tell your lawyer we're not interested. No, we are. We're idiots. We are not 
financial advisors and we suggest that you do your own research on all of this stuff all investments have inherent risk do not lose any more than you can afford to lose do not risk any more than you can afford to lose don't do something uh something something doug polk i don't know all right that's it so for the crypto basic podcast i've been brent philbin i've been joined by adam levy and we are out of here see you guys